You are listening to Waffle, the bite-sized podcast with Paul Jenkins. First broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 10th of January 2021. This week, Paul talks to Andy West about his work as a broadcast journalist, appearing on Big Brother, and about his brand new book, The Spirit Engineer. 104.7 Rossendale Radio Welcome to the Waffle Hour. My name is Paul Jenkins. Uh, it's seven minutes past five and each week we speak to people who are involved with words and sometimes they might be writers, sometimes they might be performers, sometimes they may have been involved in some sort of television work, sometimes they're involved in broadcasting themselves and this week uh, my guest is involved in pretty much all of those things. Um, Andy West, uh, good afternoon, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it's great to be on Rossendale Radio. It's where is Rossendale? Rossendale. Well, there you go. There's the first question. This is because uh, I'm usually asking the guests, and where are you in the world? Uh, Rossendale, we're, we're nestled very uh, uh, sort of uh, tucked between Manchester and the rest of Lancashire. We're, we're kind of like the good bit that gets the best of both worlds. <laughs> right. Okay. You anywhere near? You're near Preston, aren't you? We're not a million miles away from Preston, so uh, just just right. a little bit down the M6. You got to you do hop along the 65 to get there. Um, but uh, you, you're a, a person who's, who's based in in a, a variety of places when when we, we can travel around of course <laughs> well uh yes i suppose so i've uh, well i went to i grew up in milton Keynes, mm-hmm. um and then uh went to university in preston which yep. is why i was interested so was that and university so, of central lancashire is uclan uclan indeed and had a great time there that was um a, an amazing thing actually for me at 18 years old to go from uh, Milton Keynes, which, if people don't know, is a very kind of uh, moderny, roundabouty, not much history type place. Concrete cows and all that. Concrete cows, famous for the concrete cows. I used to actually live literally about ten minutes walk away from the concrete cows. I used to jump <laughs> past them regularly, and they're every bit as repulsive in real life as ah. they are in the postcards. Excellent. Uh, yeah, and uh, people used to vandalise them. And I used to think, yeah, and they look better. <laughs> leave them as they are. Anyway. Um, and then Preston, yeah, I went to university in Preston. I'll never forget um, getting off the train in that big, drafty, always freezing cold Victorian, is it, train station? It is a little bit, um, yeah. It's a sort of late Edwardian uh, Victorian kind of train station, yeah. Yeah, which I loved because it just felt so different from where I'd grown up. And mm. the idea this was going to be my my place, you know, it wasn't to do with my parents or where I was living, it was going to be mine. And then walking down... Uh, through a fisher gate and that and then going to this strange little bakery chain that i'd never heard of before called greg's <laughs> um, <laughs> which ages me and um, there was a woman in town she's like you're out of you and you first day at uni and um, she told me she told me where i needed to go to check in and where i was going to my halls and all that kind of stuff and she was so friendly she gave me a free mini sausage roll excellent and um i just thought this I was like, Toto, we are not in Kansas anymore. This is not what I'm used to. The friendliness and and how warm people were in you're, a very cold place. You're a little bit like me in that I'm a relocated southerner, and and like you say, it isn't. It's another world. They talk to people here. It's very strange <laughs> when you first when you first get here and people start a conversation on the bus. You go, well, why are you talking to me? Why have you picked me out? <laughs> and it's they do, and it's lovely. Apart from when, apart from when they do get words wrong, like it's not a balm cake. They're not pants. Excellent. You know I, mean? Uh, that, I mean, yes. I mean, thank you very much for for jamming the switchboard this afternoon. Now we're going to get complaints. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, um, now, now the thing is, you went from university into a career in journalism, which is obviously here on the Waffle Hour. We're talking about words all the time. 
Uh, and 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 the world of journalism has changed even in the last couple of years since I've been involved in Rossnell Radio uh, and the way that we uh, sort of receive our our news or the way that we receive our programming uh, all of those things have changed what was what was it, that experience like for you sort of because you worked for the BBC for for quite a long time didn't you I did so my first ever radio work was uh, it was called red rose but actually when i went there it was rock fm so mm-hmm. that was a commercial station in preston then that was just um i was working on i was working on the team that programs in when the adverts play out and in what order and mm. i ended up getting sacked because i spent no time doing that job and i was terrible at it they literally sacked me excellent um, <laughs> that's, that's one for the, to, for the cv <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was first ever job in radio. And I remember walking out in floods of tears, calling up my friend saying, oh, that's it. My radio career is over already. Um, and then I went to Wave FM and became a newsreader at weekends on freelance on Wave FM in Blackpool, which is another heritage radio station, mm. which was an amazing place to work. Um, but I, uh, yeah, and I got that job because I went, I went out to drown my sorrows. I went out in the flying handbag gay bar in Blackpool mm-hmm. and lied to the drag queen to say that I was a newsreader, even though I'd never done it in my life. <laughs> but I knew I, I knew I could. You knew it. Me a Got skills. Exactly right. Fake it till you make it. So um, yes, yeah, so I said, "Oh, I'm a newsreader." And this guy came over and said, "I'm editor of Wave FM's news. Would you like to read the news on our radio station?" And and and, so, and the rest is history, as they say. So um, and then I and then I was my first actual substantive job, anyway, as a journalist, was um, at Dune FM in Southport. Mm-hmm. Great songs and everything local. <laughs> and, uh, and oh well, you're on the uh, voice of the valley at the moment. So you know we've all got our own little taglines. <laughs> Oh, is it the voice of the valley? The voice of the does valley, one hundred four point seven Rossdale Radio, <laughs> mate. Does it list? Does it list all of the different places in the area? Because that's what I used to like about commercial radio. Because it used to say across and then list all of these random places. I, um, I, I, I'm not sure that we should be giving shout outs to Bake Up, Todmorden, Waterfoot, Haslingdon, and Rawtonstall. Yes. <laughs> All of those That's places. Easy. And uh, well, I used to travel. I ended up, by the way, I got sacked from June FM as well because I, I, I swore on air by mistake. But that's, a, that's another story. I do think I've got the world record for the most unintentional swearing ever by a newsreader. I love um, the way that you tell me this while we're on air. This is, this is don't perfect. Don't worry, you're safe. <laughs> Basically, something, something went wrong with the buttons I was pressing, and I thought I'd put my microphone down and was swearing at the computer. And then the DJ told me halfway through, mate you're you're on air (laughs) (laughs) and i ah that's it that teaches you a lesson never read the news drunk i never made a mistake (laughs) anyway so i put all of that behind me it was a good short lesson in in actually being a professional and taking your job seriously because i think i was still in student mindset Mm -hmm. um and so yeah you're right i i i worked all over the country as a journalist and as a newsreader and ended up at uh, reading the news on Radio 1 and then uh, producer and reporter on um, Jeremy Vine show on Radio 2 mm-hmm. and with Claudia Winkleman and oh, lots of lots of amazing, talented, um, uh, extremely well-paid people and, uh, and then went to Northern Ireland um, and became a TV newsreader uh, over there. So, And that was, for me, the realisation of a, a childhood dream. It's, and that's that's the thing is that when it sounds to me like the, the way you've just described that journey is that you know regularly people would would probably start with those big names to start with with the you know working with Jeremy Vine and Claudia Winkleman and you know working in TV but actually it sounds like the the craft of of, ma- of getting there of that journey that of you getting there of learning you the way that you were going to be doing things that sounds to me like the the thing that you're a little bit proud of of, of you know what there was a lot of a, a it's it's a tough world to get ahead in broadcast journalism isn't it 
Yeah, I mean, I was saying actually to a friend only last night about, I know we're going to get on to, I'm publishing a book this mm. year, and I've done that without an agent, and uh, I'm doing it all a bit, you know, topsy-turvy in the wrong way around. But I said to my friend, I was like, I've always had to, I've always had to fight my way through and prove myself before the movers and the shakers decide to get on side and and i've seen it work the other way where you know sometimes through nepotism and sometimes through luck and sometimes through just you know having the right face that fits people people get the big breaks quite easily for me i've always had to fight and scrape my way through and sometimes that's really frustrating and exhausting and i i can feel quite annoyed about it but looking back uh, it's not something i would change because by fighting your way to where you need to go when you get there yes you appreciate it more but you're also so much better qualified to do it and and the, the toughness that i had the qualification that i had to be a tv reporter and to do those things that i was doing to stand in in, in court and report on court stories and very complicated to use words since that's what people listen to your show about in a way that is clear and concise and accurate um, that takes a great deal of confidence and experience. And I think if I'd been given a break earlier, I, I probably wouldn't have been equal to the challenge. Yeah, I think the experience, that, that being around the block a few times really does help and gives you a bit of gravitas when you're speaking because people people trust you, don't they? Um, now, now I'm, we do, I, I hate doing this bit because this is this is part of the show that I, I absolutely love because I get to talk to people about music, but I feel like I'm interrupting people all the time. Um, but we're, we're, we're a radio station. Turns out we have to play music. Um, but <laughs> you've provided the playlist for us uh, this afternoon uh, and you started off with a Thea Gilmore track, uh, This Is How You Find The Way. Um, was there any reason this particular sort of track has was one that was on your playlist yeah i i fell in love and then had my heart broken and i just chanced upon fear's album um and these tracks mean a lot to me i worked with fear gilmore she wrote and performed music for a documentary i made for radio 2 where i was scripting john hurt and it was about an incredible story of a guy who fought in the war true story for remembrance day the whole thing is wrapped up in a lot of emotion for me and i think thea gilmore is a great example of someone who has just raw natural talent and those who know her love her Dedicated to the Rossendale Valley, this is your very own Rossendale Radio. Welcome back to 104.7 Rossendale Radio, the voice of the valley. Uh, my guest this afternoon is Andy West, and uh, Andy was talking to us about his uh, broadcasting career, uh, and he's working on various uh, different radio and uh, TV uh, stations. Uh, but uh, at the moment, uh, it's uh, I'm looking at a page that is AJ West author, uh, and, and we're looking at your, your Twitter and your Instagram, and that's, that's very much uh, how you're branding yourself at the moment, Andy West author. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the Spirit Engineer? Yeah, I'd love to. Absolutely. The Spirit Engineer is a story I came across in when I was in the bath, actually, in <laughs> Belfast, when I was a TV news reader, and I was reading um, a book by Harry Houdini, which is about his uh, adventures investigating and uncovering uh, fake spiritual mediums. It's called A Magician Among the Spirits, and mm. I would say whether you believe in ghosts or not, it's a fantastic read. I mean, it really is quite a caper. I mean, people people floating tables out of windows and all sorts of things going on, um, and gadgets that people used to use, and the effort that people used to go to actually in in their. Um, I mean, I, look, I'm going to say this right now. Mm. I know that a lot of people listening will believe in ghosts, and I totally respect that. I don't believe in ghosts, 
but I wish I could see one. That's how I have to put it, right? So it's I'm a very sort of agnostic view of, of the ghostly supernatural world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would give anything to see a ghost. Honestly, it would be such a weight off my mind because I'm, I'm a terrible pessimist. I always think I'm going to die tomorrow. So I'm just, the idea that there's life after death would be a huge relief. But unfortunately, <laughs> I'm yet to believe it. But I've always loved ghost stories. So this is a true story of William Jackson Crawford who appears in Harry Houdini's uh, uh, book and he was a professor of engineering in early 1900s Belfast in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. around the time of the First World War just after the, after the Titanic had sunk um, in this kind of not much discussed era mm. in a, mo- a not much discussed city I was going to um, say it's a lot of social upheaval at that time as well because around about 1912 you also had the, the you know the, the the rise of the of the, of the republic and the, the problems mm-hmm. with the, around about Michael Collins and the whole uprising so there, there, there must have been a lot of historical fact that you you had to kind of research I'm assuming that, that kind of went into the book well I hope so <laughs> with, the pub- <laughs> with the publisher they they go through uh the history and make sure that it's right at their end but i have researched it for around three and a half years actually going all around the world going to various archives um to uh, cambridge manuscripts archive was amazing i found some photographs and some letters it's a fascinating period for a fascinating city people forget with belfast it's not always been what i call beards and bombs it's mm. it's it was actually the industrial powerhouse really for for the uk with maritime with linen production with all sorts of different industries it was a hugely important industrial powerhouse as part of the british empire at that point you had crushing poverty you also had fantastic wealth Mm. at the same time you had the sinking of this extremely famous ocean liner um and you had the onset of uh, the first world war and you're absolutely right. You also had the friction um, around around um, uh, you know Irish politics and and um, whether or not it should remain British, to put it in wildly simplistic terms. So yeah, really complex time. And within or amidst all of this, you also had um, a, a massive trend towards spiritualism, uh, towards seances. And William Jackson Crawford, who, as I say, was a respected professor of engineering, spent six years investigating a spiritual medium. And that's that's what the book is about. It, it does sound like it's going to be a fascinating read. And it's, uh, you say it's October that it, it's due out. So uh, I'm, I think, I think maybe we, could, we, <clears throat> we might get some advanced copies here at Rossendale Radio and I can do a nice review for you before it comes out. Um, but uh, I, one of the uh, one of the things that, uh, that that always strikes me about, and we, we, we touched upon this earlier about us sort of being slightly located away from where we were born, um, is that obviously being writing a book about Northern Ireland, you're, you're, you're not part of that culture to start with so how do you find the voice for a character i often find i mean i live up here in lancashire and the amount of times that i've been picked up on that you know colloquialisms that i've got wrong or my dialogue isn't quite as it would be for if you were if you you weren't born here mate all of that business how did how did you approach that for your characters well it was it was a good start for me that the lead character and it's written in first person Mm. william jackson crawford actually was born and grew up to the age of 16 in new New zealand then studied in glasgow (laughs) um as a young man and then 
got his first job as an engineer in Northern Ireland. So he is himself what they say, what they call in 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 Northern Ireland a blow-in. Um, <laughs> I, I spent four years there, and I could have lived there for another thirty, and I'd always be referred to as a blow-in. And uh, I quite like that. Northern Ireland, Belfast, is actually phenomenally welcoming to me. Uh, as an outsider, I think because I just landed in the city and instantly fell in love with it. Um, and I immersed myself actually in the history of the city and loved and fell in love with Irish people and Northern Irish people and the accent and the vocabulary. The truth is that when you go back to the early 1900s, it never ceases to amaze me how, um, how rich their formal vocabulary is. Mm. And, and actually... You know, when you read the letters, it's not filled with colloquialisms in the way that, you know, if you read our Facebook post today and in 200 years' time, when someone looks back at our Facebook post, <laughs> they're <laughs> thinking, what, what are all these ridiculous words people are using? <laughs> and I think if you go back to Tudor times or medieval manuscripts as well, you see lots of different spellings and you see the dialect coming through in that way. But because spelling was standardised um, in and around the kind of 1700s you kind of lose the colloquialism yeah because in in letters and and things because it's so formal and so you're right that was a bit of a challenge for me what were working class people from belfast what words were they using how did they sound yeah um, i was going to say because of course that's it, that's the, the the great thing of history there are so many voices that weren't documented through literature because of course it wasn't the people mm. the people writing literature wasn't the people of the working class it wasn't until dickens and people like that came along that they actually started using working class voices in literature um it, it sounds like you had to do quite a bit of digging i did have to do a lot of digging anyway with the book just to because as i say it's based on a true story my novel is is about this fundamental question really um who is abusing whom uh you have a these days we're we're talking a lot about privilege aren't we and toxic mm. masculinity and all those sorts of things you have here a middle class educated relatively comfortably off guy who is investigating in in quite an eccentric and to our standards inappropriate way a 16 year old a girl um and you know the power play there is would make you think that someone is abusing he's abusing his power yet at the same time he is clearly uh mentally quite fragile let's say i don't want to i'm, I'm choosing my words carefully this is good practice for me because i've got to i've got to talk about it without giving anything away exactly like, yeah you've got a big book to book, book, book launch and tour to come once this is all finished <laughs> so the question is so the question is 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 he abusing her or is she abusing him because actually these ghost voices are manifesting in this dark attic above a shop in a very poor part of belfast with the booms and gunshots ringing out in the background he's sitting there hearing these voices that may or may not be from his past and so as a reader what i want you to be thinking is first of all who's who's creating these voices is it the spirits or is it someone else in the room and if so who so there's almost an agatha christie-esque element there as a whodunit well there um, you go that's a, a, i mean that's doing a, it instead yeah that's a, that's a level to, to to elevate the book to is it agatha we're agatha christie-esque now right i'm definitely interested um <laughs> we've, uh, it's, it, the spirit engineer is going to be out in october uh, and we're, we're looking forward to that so we'll keep an eye on on uh, the launch uh, and about what, what's going on there um and uh, I, I, 
and it's Duckworth Books, I think, is the, is the publisher, isn't it? So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll yes. make sure that listeners are kept fully informed of that as and when it comes about. Um, we're going to take another new music break now. Uh, and we're heading into the world of the musical theatre now. Uh, and uh, and uh, Sophie Lord is outside. She's prepping her show uh, from stage to screen. Uh, she's going to be on uh, just after us at seven o'clock this evening. So this is a nice little prelude uh, for her this evening. I'm hoping she hasn't got any Oliver on her playlist. Is that <laughs> <laughs> she's got? She's got one. It's not. She's she's nodding at me from from outside the studio. Um, it's uh, you've gone for as long as he needs me. I have. I love this. I love this track so much. I think it's the first time I read a book, saw the film, saw it on stage, and uh, just I absolutely adore this song. My husband, who by the way was uh, William in Goodnight Mr. Tom, the little <laughs> boy, if people love that film, he's got a fabulous voice and he sings this song beautifully, so it means a lot to me. Oh, well, we've we had so many different versions of it on the system. We went for the Shirley Bassey version, if that's okay with you. <laughs> That'll do. Here's <laughs> Shirley Bassey as long as he needs me. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Rossendale Radio. And follow us on Twitter at Rossendale Radio. Proud to be your local radio station. 104.7 Rossendale Radio, Lancashire. Welcome back to 104.7 Rossendale Radio. Paul Jenkins here with the Waffle Hour and my guest Andy West is with us. Uh, apologies for the uh, for the rhyming around the guest Andy West, but I'm a poet and I can't uh, I can't stop myself, I'm afraid. Uh, it's uh, It's been lovely to talk to you this afternoon about your uh, career in broadcasting and, of course, about your work uh, going forward as an author. Um, but there's been a glaring omission at the moment about something relatively large that happened during your life, uh, which people may want to hear about. Andy... How on earth did you end up involved with Big Brother? <laughs> well, I have to give you the, the short pricey, don't I? How did I end up in Big Brother? Do you want the truth? Yeah, how does it happen? <laughs> how do you, how'd you get in that house? Do you want the thing that I'm supposed to say? Oh, go on. Get, um, give us both versions. <laughs> <laughs> if you have, you, honestly, there isn't time. Um, I uh, well, well, first of all, I uh, took issue with a decision the BBC had made over giving an award to a guy who had made homophobic comments, and I put on my fi- Facebook that I disagreed with it, and uh, long story short, it ended up in the national press, mm. and I ended up being suspended and then sacked. Um, so that was a, a bit tough. And then I got a call from uh, an agent saying... Uh, would I be interested in being a Big Brother housemate? Uh, to which I said no, and then he called me back again and said, they really, really want you, will you do it? And this was not the celebrity one, this was the normal one. Yeah. And um, so, I, I, to be honest, I didn't have anything else to do, and being a journalist, I thought, well, it would be quite interesting, actually. To I can write about works. this later. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought, I thought they're never going to put me on Big Brother, So, but well, anyway, whatever, I'll go with it. So um, I did, and I was invited to London and had a meeting with producers, and uh, that was all fine. It really just went on for what I had to go to um, uh, auditions at this big hotel, but they put a sticker on my name badge, so the judges knew that I was kind of there, really, just to dot the I's and cross the T's I was going through anyway, mm. so... Um, so uh, how did I get on Big Brother? I was kind of cast, but I had to pretend I hadn't been cast, which is the same for pretty much everyone in there. Um, and I think that's the way with a lot of reality TV these days. But once you're in there, the difference with Big Brother and other supposed reality TV shows that are huge, like Love Island and The Only Way is Essex and things, mm. is that we weren't we weren't scripted or directed. We literally were just trapped inside a box. For I mean, I was in there for about seven and a half weeks, um, which was a very long seven and a half weeks. I but imagine. unlike other programs, we weren't you know we weren't told what to do or told what to say. We were literally cut off from the outside world. 
And is it that moment where you first go? Because I think you get the the you, you you were at the stage where the, the the early series it was people were sort of snuck in the back door and they all arrived. Whereas there was a there was a big event, wasn't there? To, once as people were going into the house, how what was that f- like? That first time <laughs> when you were greeted by the crowds and you had to do the interview before you went in all that business. Oh gosh, <laughs> it was it was fantastically exciting i mean i'd spent a week by that point with my chaperone claude uh hidden away in winchester (laughs) we weren't allowed to go out we're allowed to go out for one meal in public otherwise we had to stay trapped inside a house um if i went anywhere near a newspaper as a journalist he had to kind of rugby tackle me to the floor because i wasn't allowed to know what was in the news for the week before we went in oh that's interesting um yeah and then we were finally we were taken to a hotel the night before and packing the suitcases i felt sick because it was the first time i really thought this is really happening you know Mm. um and you had to put uh, we had to put tape all over all the brand names and all of the cigarettes because i was a smoker at the time and the shower gel and everything and uh and then yeah then you were driven up driven with these noise cancelling headphones and i was kind of led with a blindfold up to this up these stairs felt my feet clanging on the the ringing metal you know and um then the next thing i know the headphones are lifted off the blindfolds taken off these two cheap plywood doors open and this extraordinary roar mm. hits me like like a thunderstorm it, and these bright lights and faces and emma willis standing there with a microphone that's amazing just uh, the, it, it's, it's akin to a hostage situation there's no doubt about it it's you know completely disorientating trying i suppose it's mm. the whole point of the show is is to make it psychologically a little bit uneven for you um but it just just all of those different uh, assaults on the senses that the you know regular human experience although having said that i should imagine that if you were to go into the big brother house now seven and a half weeks sitting in the same house with everybody's probably not too much of anything for anybody anymore um it's i mean it it, it must have just been uh i mean sort of seven and a half weeks it's also you you obviously did pretty well on it does that does that i I often wonder does it make the contestants really feel bad if they only make it a couple of weeks does it does it really have that kind of effect that the the public haven't liked you well Cause, of course uh, you d- you you did relatively well i think the seven and a half weeks that's a that's that's a long time to I be did in the house very isn't it? well yes i did very well i'm very proud of it yes i came forth same yeah. as uh same as jade goody so there we are there um, you go <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah. that's like the league table of big brother contestants i bet that but there's somebody out there has, has statted the whole thing haven't they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Fourth was fourth was great. I mean, I went in there with eighteen people, so I did I did pretty well. And listen, I was never I was never cast. No, I, I I'm still friends with people who work on the show, and that people like me, they have names for each of the for each of the types of contestant. Mm-hmm. And my type of contestant has never won that program. Will never win that sort of program. It's just you know you're just not designed for majority of the audience to really like you hugely so it was it was tough for eight for, for eight weeks because i was i was put in there really to be the baddie and i, I didn't play to type that's ah. not what i didn't give them what they thought they were going to get actually which i'm pleased to say because i would certainly have not wanted to have gone in there and been the baddie yeah but i um i was someone who had some intelligence and was relatively educated i'll never forget there was one task where we had to work out whether or not brexit had been a yes or no vote and who was prime minister and i right guessed that brexit was a yes vote and i 
rightly guessed that Theresa May was Prime Minister. And I can't use the exact words because you because I'll be swearing on air again. <laughs> um, and I've done that once in my life, I won't do it again. But um one of the one of the other housemates said, Oh my gosh, our first woman prime minister. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> and I said and I said it gets better. I said, No, that was Margaret Thatcher, to which another housemate said, No, 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 mate. She was the queen. Yes, of course, and and I think you'd well done for holding your tongue. Maybe, or maybe you didn't. I didn't <laughs> you hold didn't. My tongue. That was my whole problem. <laughs> yeah, you are on Rossendale Radio. Please do not swear. Um, it's. I, I mean, honestly, um, Andy, we we could talk about this all, all day because I, I should imagine that you know you could go through week by week and contestant by contestant telling us about the show. Um, and and to be honest, I think I'd like to invite you back to talk about that at some point or another. Um, but unfortunately, we're, we're coming up to time. I've got to do an ad break at some point or another. Um, thank you so much for coming on we're going to direct people towards your social media if that's right because you're on both instagram and twitter um and uh, it's uh, it's uh, am i right in thinking it's the same address for both it's at andy west tv no no this ah, is really important i would love i'd love people to connect with me on instagram that's the place to go let's do it's this at, it's at aj west author and there's lots of writing there particularly if there's anyone who's listening any um if you have any gay listeners gay guy listeners there's mm-hmm. also other stuff i'm writing that they might be interested in but the book is out in october my instagram aj west author and i'd love send me a direct message i'd love to say hello that's that's brilliant so it's at aj west author we'll, what we'll do is we'll put uh, up on the uh, on the rossendale radio uh, web page on the facebook page so that people have got that link uh, and we'll uh, we'll get that link up on our instagram page as well uh, in the in in the next hour or so um and uh, when the uh, podcast comes out next week we'll make sure that that's all linked in as well so uh, you can uh, you can uh, follow andy uh, to your heart's desire good listeners um we're going to finish up with your final music choice uh, and now this is from the smash cast now this is uh, some people may have heard of this show and some may not uh, and uh, what, do you want to tell us about smash and why you chose let me be your star yeah, I mean, I can t- I can tell you right now, I'm actually not a fan of Smash. All right, but I just I'm a fan of this track. I just as soon as I heard this track, this extraordinary burst of orgasmic energy that this track is, it is just it's about it's about hunger for success, hunger for fame, hunger for glitter and stars and and wonderment. And I just think it just it just makes me grin from ear to ear. And I hope that the listeners like it too. It's camp as anything, and I love it. <laughs> and it's a perfect way to finish up this afternoon, Andy West been an absolute pleasure um this is the smash cast with let me be your star 104.7 rossendale radio so there you have it we come to the end of another waffle the bite-sized podcast i want to say thank you very much to andy west for coming on the show uh for being my guest and talking about uh his brand new book uh for his uh, amazing career in broadcast journalism and of course for his time on big brother what a fascinating stories uh he had all the way through uh, and honestly we could have talked to him for another half hour i fully intend to try and uh, get andy back on the show at some point or another because there's loads more i wanted to ask him uh it was absolutely fascinating and uh, and and a real inspiration i think for anybody who wants to get involved in the media or start getting involved in writing or, or just generally wants to be involved in something uh, that involves themselves with words. It's just absolutely brilliant to talk, talk to him. Um, my thanks go to everybody at Rossendale Radio uh, for allowing us to broadcast on Sunday afternoon and, of course, for Melanie Kemp for all her work editing and producing Waffle, the bite-sized podcast. We'll be back with another great guest next week. <laughs>